What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. What's going on, Tyler? How you been, man? It's been a, been a couple of weeks since we've been in the studio. I know. We missed a week, but it's March now. March Madness Oh, time. yeah. March Madness is here. Ready to go. Love it. Uh, playoff stretch for the NBA and uh, free agency for the NFL. Oh, yeah. So uh, before we start, be sure to follow the show at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword the Sports Kingdom show. So since our last episode, LeBron and the Cavaliers have come to L.A. and lost to both the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, there also seems to be a shift in Laker fans and how they feel about this coming off season. Like we said at the top, March Madness is here. We could not be more excited. Uh, we're going to discuss the TSK Show Bracket Challenge as well as who we have in our Final Fours and oh, yeah. what we what yeah. we expect to see this March Madness. Yeah, no, that's going to be good. But first, the NFL year starts tomorrow on Wednesday, so we have to start with the NFL. And yes, that's right. It's only March. But yeah. there is so much that this has happened. Is it, this is when you put your team together, right before the draft. Yeah, so, I mean, so much has happened, especially with the Rams and Seahawks. I think that's just where we got to start out. Yeah, got to go with the home teams. So, um, first move that the Rams made was franchise tagging uh, safety LaMarcus Joyner. Joyner had an incredible season this past season. Obviously, also, that allowed Tremaine Johnson likely signing somewhere else. We've seen reports that he's probably going to go to the New York Jets. Yep. So, I mean, Tremaine did a hell of a job here with the Rams, both in St. Louis and in L.A. It was great to have him on the team, but, now I mean. Got, now it, you got studs there. Oh, yeah. So we got some studs, so we, we'll get into that. Tyler. Yeah, obviously, the big one, I mean, there's a couple big ones. There's three huge names left, but Richard Sherman leaving is obviously the biggest uh it's a bittersweet moment because, I mean, we needed to move on. But uh, it's sad to see one of, like, the all-time great Seahawks ever leave. Uh, yeah. Won a Super Bowl with us. Uh, played all-pro corner. Um, he was the face of our franchise, the attitude. and uh, He was really the heart and soul yeah, of yeah. that defense. Yeah, he was the LOB. So, and that was our identity. And we were a Super Bowl champ. So, yeah. Sad and I mean, see, sad to see him go. It's it's funny. I hear a lot of people saying like, "Oh, why did he sign with the Niners?" Like, come on, like he's a Seahawk. The Niners they have that rivalry. But it's like if you really think about it, the team that he faced in the NFC Championship game that the Forty ers had when the Seahawks and Forty ers yeah. played, I don't think any almost anybody's left no. from that team. No, they have now. Like it's a completely yeah. different team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, a completely different organization. Yeah, no, he he wants to just stay in this division. He's he went to college in that area of the state. So I mean, that uh, San Francisco was honestly my first guess of where he was going to go. Yeah, and I mean, so, he gets to play Seattle two yeah, times a year. Yeah, it makes sense, and that's cool. I like I like the uh, that's that's the competitiveness that he brought to our team. So I can't hate Autumn for doing it somewhere else. 
like I said, it's really sad to see him go, but at the same time, we're uh, we're moving on at that position group. Yeah, and so another secondary move, mm-hmm. the Rams traded for cornerback Marcus Peters. Yeah. Uh, the Rams gave up a 2018 fourth-round pick and a 2019 second-round pick, but they also received a 2018 sixth-round pick in addition to Marcus Peters. He's a former defensive rookie of the year. He has the most interceptions, including the postseason, of anyone since 2015, and has seven more receptions than the guy in second or interceptions than the guy in second place. He has somewhat of a checkered past, but I think that a change of scenery and the culture that Sean McVay is trying to build here in LA is really going to help Peters onto the straight and narrow. Yep. I mean, winning cures all at the end of the day. He's a really, really that's a that's a huge pickup. I mean, he's really, really good. Uh, only Ed Reed has more interceptions than him in the first three seasons of their career. Yeah, in NFL history. So uh, he's an all pro, all pro cornerback. I think that's a good risk to take. He's, I think he's still young enough to where he still wants to prove himself. He still, there's things that he needs to do in his in his career. So I think he's going to come back and want to play. Um, I don't think he's going to let these issues like stop his career. Uh, he's going to want to prove because he, now he's got to play to get paid. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think I think he, that's a great pickup. Um, another loss for us, another big name leaving the deck is uh, Michael Bennett uh, going to Philly, the champs. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's good for him. He's in a great position. Oh now. yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I'm happy for Michael Bennett. Another uh, another guy that it's sad to see him go, but at the same time, we're moving on. Uh, I, I I don't really question these moves. I don't think our defense is like taking a hit that we won't, you know, still be a top five defense in the NFL. Uh, but, yeah, best best of luck in Philly, but I think the Seahawks are going to be better off. And sorry, real quick, just on a tangent from the Seahawks and the Rams breaking news, Teddy Bridgewater will sign a one-year deal with the Jets tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. See, yeah, all the, all the quarterbacks are, are in a shuffle now. Yeah, but to get back to Michael Bennett, I mean, think about this. If you're coming in to play against Philly, you got to face a defense now with Michael Bennett, Fletcher Cox, Chris Long. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, no, they're they're uh, they're trying to repeat. They're trying to keep their team in contention. Yeah, and then another interesting move for the Rams, which kind of really came out of nowhere, in my opinion, was the signing of cornerback Sam Shields. He hasn't been in the NFL for a year. He last played for the Packers. He's had concussion issues, which led to the year off. Wow, that's 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 weird. I didn't know uh, Sam Shields came back. Yeah, so he took a year off because of the concussions, but he says he went through all the testing, and the reason he took the whole year off was to make sure his head was right, and he's been medically cleared, everything, he's good to go. Uh, for his career, he has 18 interceptions, so, I mean, that's pretty... No, Sam Shields is legit. I mean, yeah. He, he's a great... He was great when he was playing in Kansas City. Um, no, he was in Green Bay. Oh, was he just in Green Bay? Yeah, he, he never played in Kansas no, City. No, he was he was uh, in Green, Green Bay, Bay. From, since 2010. Yeah, no, long time. He, he played with the same team a long time. Um, speaking of Green Bay, Jimmy Graham leaving, leaving yeah. Seattle, going to, going to Green Bay. That's a great fit for him, though. Oh, yeah. He needs to be with a guy that's a, that's a passer. Uh, I think adjusting the scramble is not really his thing. Not that Rodgers doesn't scramble, but – I think Rodgers will be able to hit him when he's still in his route more often. And um, as far as us losing him, I mean, 
I'm I'm definitely confident in the tight ends we have because we still have Luke Wilson and Nick Vanette, which I think I mean yeah those are uh, serviceable tight ends right yeah, there. I think they're both I, I think they're both pretty good. So uh, I think Vanette's honestly going to end up being the number one pass catcher out of the two of them, not necessarily the the main guy, but he's a good player. But yeah, goodbye, Jimmy. Yeah, and then another move the Rams made uh, earlier today was re-signing cornerback uh, Nicole Roby Coleman. Uh, he had two interceptions last year, one forced fumble and 49 combined tackles. He proved himself very well in the absence of Kayvon Webster once he went down yeah. last season. So I think that just solidifies that secondary that Wade Phillips is trying to build for that new 3-4 system he wants to run. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, Seattle also lost P. Rich, Paul Richardson. And he got paid. And he got paid by the Redskins. Uh, good for him. I mean, obviously, that's a, I, I don't want Seattle giving him that kind of money. So, if he's going to get paid, best of luck to you in D.C. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, we still got Lockett, still got still got Doug Baldwin. That's a position I think that's pretty easy to fill. Uh, there's a lot of wide receivers out there. Yeah, and then speaking of another wide receiver that the Rams lost was Sammy Watkins. Yeah. And kind of a similar situation. Another team was just willing to pay him more money than yeah. what the Rams were going to want to pay him. Yeah, and Kansas City needs a big – big receiver they got a lot of little fast guys so exactly he's a good fit for that gives, gives them a big downfield target yeah now uh we also lost we're also going to lose lane and shed so we're taking big hits in in the defensive backs but i think we're i mean uh, we still have elite safeties we still have the best free safety in the game earl thomas still got cam chancellor um Shaq Shaq griffin. griffin is going to be our number one corner now and um i think we'll be able to pick up through free agency or in the draft we'll be able to find some corners um but as far as some guys I, I'm really eyeing on the defense for us to pick up is uh, Dom Kinsu was in Seattle. Uh, Eric really, Dickerson was on Twitter trying to recruit him to the Rams. Yeah, I really want uh, – I think Sue could be a big-time big, big time pickup for us. We just dumped a bunch of caps, so we got space. Um, and Brian Cushing. Uh, Brian Cushing's got the, the P. Carroll USC connection. Uh, he, played a four, he played outside backer for P. Carroll, um, so – It'd be nice for him at this point in his career to not have to play middle linebacker. Yeah, um, makes it easier on him. Yeah, and so we still have Bobby and, K- and KJ. So he won't have that big of a responsibility, so I think he'll be able to play well for us. Yeah, and then speaking of Ndamukong and Sue and the Dolphins moving on from him, I think one of the reasons the Dolphins are moving on from him is because they made a trade with the Rams for Robert Quinn. The, the Rams gave up uh, the 2018 sixth-round pick, but – the Rams receive the Dolphins' 2018 fourth and sixth round picks. He signed a big extension a couple years ago when the team was still in St. Louis, yeah. but he hasn't really lived up to it. He kind of hit the inj- got the injury bug, but I mean he can still produce. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do down in Miami. I like the fact that we got he's a Tar Heel. <laughs> yes, he's a Tar Heel. Yeah, but I also like the fact that. The Rams got a fourth and a sixth round pick in this year's draft, yeah, along with it. A fourth round pick's big time. I yeah. mean, but Robert Quinn's a good player, so I'm not really sure what Miami's doing uh, down there. <laughs> it's just I don't really see where their team team's going. Jarvis Landry's gone. Dominick Sue's gone. Um, I think Lawrence Timmons is gone. So we'll we'll see what happens uh, in the off season. Yeah, and then another trade. Uh, on the defense for the Rams, which was probably a more surprising move than Robert Quinn getting traded, is Alec Ogletree going to the Giants. 
Yep. He was one of those leaders on the defense. Yeah, there were a special teams guy originally. Yeah. And there were there were a couple players even that spoke out on Twitter that they were kind of upset that he was leaving, but I mean it's a business. It's A it's a business and Wade Phillips wants to run this three yeah, four. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's a different team now. And he just he probably fits better in New York's system. Yeah, and I mean what's funny is he was part of that big brawl that Odell Beckham Jr. started between the Rams and the Giants a couple years ago. There we go. So there you go. Some drama when he shows up. Oh yeah. But yeah, so I mean, what other Seattle moves do we got? You know, the other ones just to me with the free agent hopeful is uh Jonathan Stewart. Uh just being a local kid, we need we need some help at the running back position. I think we'll get him cheap at this point in his career. We're not gonna ask him to carry the ball twenty five times a game, so why not bring him in to be kind of like our veteran running back? Yeah, no, I mean, hey, that could yeah. upgrade the position group. Uh, he's he's a hometown guy. He's not gonna he's not gonna be asking for a ton of money, so good fit. Yeah, bring him on. And then the biggest move that the Rams made yes, sir. was the trade for cornerback Akib Talib, yeah. which truly, truly solidifies that secondary. Now, uh, they they only gave up a fifth round pick for him. He wanted to play for either Wade Phillips or Bill Belichick, yeah. two people he's played played for in the past but I mean ultimately the Rams were the ones to make the move he has 34 career interceptions which is the most of any player since being drafted in 2008 yeah he's a a stud yeah he's yeah they just I mean pick up him and him and Marcus Peters that's in uh, like a matter of like two days I think that automatically puts them to the top of the list of the best corners in the game with oh for sure Jacksonville and yeah that Jacksonville group is scary yeah but no, I mean, Talib and Peters is number one. Yeah, and then I mean, I think one of the biggest reasons the Rams didn't have success in the playoffs was their lack of experience. Talib's a guy that's been around the block more than a few times. He he's won a Super Bowl. I think his leadership's going to be huge for the Rams because they're a young team, having yeah. that presence and having yeah. that voice in the locker room. And he's an intimidating guy. He's a, oh. he's a he's a great veteran. He's just like what uh, Sherman's going to be to San Francisco. Those guys are going to come in and demand respect from day one. Oh, for sure. And they should get it. Yeah. 100%. No, and they will. And they practice hard. You, those kind of players practice hard. Um, and when it's game time, they show up. And so that's a – the Rams have done phenomenal in this offseason. Yeah, and think, think about it like this. Look how good their defense was last season. Yeah. Now just imagine what their defense is going to look like with guys that Wade Phillips knows can yeah. fit in his scheme. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. Let's see how Aaron Donald transitions to. Uh, well, that, that's that's the probably man front from four man front. It's a lot more responsibility, but his thing is is messing up the middle. So that's a, that's a perfect attributes for the for uh, for three D. And he on. and he's the kind of player where if he knows he's overmatching the guy on the other side of the line, he could just bulldoze right through him and get to the quarterback. Now, and you want in a, in a three four, you want bigger guys that absorb a lot of blocks. Um, and, and he, he needs in the middle, and that's what he does. He needs at least two guys on him. But and Dom can suit. You know, I used to think he's the perfect guy for that kind of uh, system. But he did not want to play in a three-man front. So we'll see what Aaron Donald, what he can do. Yeah, but also the Rams stocking up on all these draft picks. Yeah, is that's what Seattle always does well is is stock up on drafts. Well, I think I think that's just the sign of the times in sports in general is just homegrown talent 
yeah. and stocking up draft picks to yeah. try and no, it makes sense. Seattle built their uh, this last you know eight year run with Pete Carroll off the draft. Oh, hundred percent. You know we're finding studs really late in the draft, un- undrafted guys. Uh, we're doing our research. Uh, I definitely trust Seattle's GM and uh, Snyder and then Pete Carroll on what they're doing. I'm excited for the draft. See what kind of studs we get. Yeah. I hope we get Shaq Griffin's brother so bad. That'd be crazy to have two brothers on the same team. Yeah, I just it'd be sick for Seattle to be the team that brings him in. Yeah, no, I mean, I hope if I, nothing else. That kid's gonna be a stud on special teams. Yeah, I hope somebody gives gives him a chance. He's getting a chance. Yeah, I mean, that the way the combine. way he yeah the way he performed at the combine was unreal. Yeah, he's getting a shot. So, like I mentioned before. A quarterback changing teams, Teddy Bridgewater going to the Jets. Yep. There was a bunch of movement Yep. Uh, earlier today. Six quarterbacks, six starting quarterbacks changing teams. You want to rattle them off for yeah, us? Yeah, Cousins is, Cousins is going to Minnesota. First fully guaranteed contract in NFL history. Yeah. Mm. That's monumental. Yeah, Cousins has uh, – he's done well. Him and his agent, <laughs> they should be, they they should be happy. The last three years have been – very, very lucrative for those guys. He that, is a very rich man. You know, um, I'm not sure if he's necessarily as good as the money, but he's a really good quarterback. Um, he deserves it, and he, he's kind of worked the system after being treated so horribly in D.C. Um, so, yeah, he's in Minnesota. Keenum's going to Denver. Um, I, th- I think that just tells me that Denver doesn't really see anybody in the draft that they're really ranting and raving about. Well, I, also don't, um, I, I think they're going to be patient because they have a good team. They're going to be patient for a guy that they can't pass up on. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, Keenum's going to be there to fill in the job. He's just bouncing <laughs> around three teams in three years. But, hey, he's getting paid. He's getting paid, exactly. Um, Teddy Bridgewater going to New York, I think that's kind of, in my personal opinion, that's set up for a disaster. I don't, I don't Any, really... Anybody going to the Jets is set up for a disaster. Yeah, I think that's a lot, that's a lot to throw at someone that basically hasn't played in – what two years? So um, yeah, basically that's two gonna years. It's gonna be tough. Sam Bradford getting paid again by Arizona. They need a quarterback, but I don't understand why they're paying him twenty million dollars. Yeah, I mean, if he can, if he can, if he can stay on the field, him and Fitzgerald seem like a good combination. Um, then Tyrod going to Cleveland. Um, Cleveland's making moves. They they got Tyrod. They got Jarvis Landry. They got all these picks coming in. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about it, Tyrod. Landry, Flash Gordon, yeah, that's that's yep. pretty. They got and Joku is going to be a second year tight end, and he was their first round draft pick last year out of Miami. Super athletic tight end. Um, still got Duke Johnson. They're probably yeah. going to go Barkley. Um, oh yeah, th- but even I if think they, even if they don't go Barkley, you know, uh, Duke Johnson is going to be a good solid piece. So look for Cleveland to make some splashes. This I year. think they'll actually win a game or two yeah. this coming season. Yeah. Um, they got players on defense, and I, I really hope they go Minka Fitzpatrick or Chubb or someone like that as with the fourth pick. But adding free agent, ad, adding talent, veteran guys like Jarvis Landry and Tyrod, and having the first and fourth pick in the draft, that's a great offseason. Yeah, that that really. And they've had great draft, and they've had great drafts the last couple of years. I mean, last year alone, they drafted Miles Garrett and Joku. And uh, and Jabil Preppers and all, yeah. all three of those guys are starters. had great seasons. Yeah, so. yeah. So I mean, I, the the Browns are putting themselves in a position I'm to where for the Browns to do well. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm rooting for the Browns to do well, but yeah, I'm down. I'm, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have any alliances in the AFC. I can like whoever you know, whenever. 
Go Browns now. Uh, well, like, I, I'm just so excited to see Josh Gordon get back on the field, too. Yeah, and, and actually Jarvis have Jarvis f- Landry out there, people – oh, my God. These first, like, couple games when people don't People aren't going to know what to do with people, them. Well, and the first couple games, people, I think, are going to gear towards Landry because he's been on the field. Oh, for sure. And Josh Gordon is just going to eat. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you got any other moves you want to talk about? Um, no, not really. I mean, I think all all the Seattle moves and the L.A. moves is, are insane that those two teams have made a lot of moves. I guess the other big one is Danny Shelton going to uh, New England. Yeah. New England's really good at getting these good veteran players, like the last year of their contract or, or in this period, this free agents period, when teams are trying to move on past their, their guy. Reminds me of like when they got Richard, uh, Richard Seymour. Yeah, um, you know they they kind of let go of guys at the perfect time. They kind of pick up guys at the perfect time. So, Danny Shelton coming to New England—that's a good one. I'll end on that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, the NFL calendar starts technically tomorrow on Wednesday. Yeah. The new year starts. We got the draft coming up in probably about in like a month. The offseason is always a good time for the Seahawks in the last like you know five, six, seven years with Pete Carroll. Always making moves in the draft. Always making a lot of roster roster moves. So I think he broke a record for the most roster uh, moves in one season. So wow, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So with that, March Madness is officially here. Fuck yeah! We got the playing games going in going on right now. Yep. UCLA tips off in about forty minutes or so. North Carolina served up Duke one last time before the <laughs> season was over. <laughs> So, obviously, March Madness is one of the most exciting times in sports. Second best tournament in the world to the, to the World Cup. Best tournament in America, in American sports. Yes. Second best tournament in the world to the, to the World Cup. I will, I will agree with that. It's, just, it's that good. I mean, the tournament is just that good. Yeah. So, we here at the TSK Show are very excited to announce the inaugural TSK Show Bracket Challenge. dun dun <laughs> you can join our group on ESPN Tournament Challenge. You can either search TSK Show Bracket Challenge after clicking Join Group on the Tournament Challenge app or website. You could also go to our Facebook or Twitter at TSK Show and click the link we have posted there. Right now, it is Tuesday at 5.37 p.m. Bracket entries lock in at tip-off of the first game on Thursday. So you have about like 36 more hours to get your entry in. Shout out to everybody that's already got their entries in. Yeah, they're quick with it. I'm not even getting mine in yet. <laughs> You're waiting until you see the playing games. I know. Yeah, I, got, I know. Yeah, I got some strategy to this. But obviously, we need to make things a little bit more interesting. Yeah. So the winner of the inaugural TSK Show Bracket Challenge will win the prize of a $25 Visa gift card. Yeah. So... If you win, you win a $25 Visa gift card. If you don't live in L.A. and I can't come drive it to you, we will mail it to you. We will get your information. We'll we'll make it happen. You will get the $25 Visa gift card and be crowned the champion of the the inaugural TSK show bracket challenge. So stay tuned for that. Get your entries in as soon as possible. Bracket entries lock Thursday before tip-off. Voting for Duke does not count. I mean, you can vote for Duke if you like. All right. All right, fine. So, Tyler, with March Madness here, yes, I want to hear your final four. 
Oh, man. Easy. North Carolina, for sure, is right off the gate. Okay. Uh, Michigan State. Okay. And then I got uh, Villanova and Arizona. So Ooh. I got a one, two, three, and four seed. Okay. Yep. So that's very interesting that you said Arizona, North Carolina, Villanova, and Michigan State. Yep. Okay. Yep. So my final four is from the south. I have number four, Arizona. Okay. From the west. Interesting. I, yeah. From the west, I have number two, North Carolina. There we go. From the east, I have number two, Purdue. Purdue. All right. Yeah. All right. I haven't seen a lot of Purdue, so. Well, I they've had a very good season. I think I think they can make a run. Two seed, obviously. From two. the Midwest, I have number three, Michigan State. So we got three out of the four. Three out of the four, we have the same. Yeah. The only difference we have is you have Villanova and I have Purdue. Yep. I have two number two seeds, a number three seed, and a number four seed. I think this season in college basketball, there hasn't really been a clear-cut best no, team in the no, country. It's, no, it's been a really good really good season. A lot of good individual talent, a lot of good teams. Yeah, so I mean. Um, the only thing, this year I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see who the small school is. I don't really see like, yeah, Wichita State's pretty good. Gonzaga is pretty good. But I don't know. I don't see which team's going to like take it. Yeah, take it over unless you're count. I mean, I don't really count like Xavier in that in that discussion. No, 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 no. But I mean, like like you said, look at how many times the number one team in the country has changed after getting upset by a lesser opponent. Yeah. I mean, that that's really why I don't have any number one seeds in my final four. Yeah. I just don't think there's really been a clear cut yeah. favorite team to win the, win it all this year. No, no, and. Uh, um you know, Villanova, it was just kind of – that was – I filled out the, the bracket pretty quickly, and they were just kind of my gut reaction. But yeah. there's definitely a couple games that are going to be tough for them. Yeah. I mean, that second game, they could play a red-hot Alabama team. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we could see an individual performance from Sexton. And then in the Sweet 16, they could play Wichita State, who is – Who is a perennial – Yeah, they, they make runs, so uh, it'll be a tough. And then they got – then you got Purdue, your, your team that – you think he's gonna make it out of there? Yeah. So I mean, who do you? So I got I got UNC and Michigan State in the title game. We for, have we have the same exact title game. If that happens, I'll be the second time in my life I've seen that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I love Michigan State. Um, I think it's gonna be. I think UNC is gonna win the national title. It'll be their back to back national titles. Um, this would also be their third year in a row being in a national championship game. It's weirdly I, I haven't heard it talked about too much, but. It's crazy to think that North Carolina has an opportunity this year to go to three straight national title games. And win two in a row. Yeah, win two in a row. And not only that, the first one, they lost by a, a buzzer beater. A that shot was a, that, a crazy buzzer yeah, beater. Yeah, one of the craziest finishes in national championship history. So, um, yeah, I like, I, like Joel, I like Joel Berry and Theo Pinson's senior season. Um, ride that momentum uh, and winning the title 82-70. to 82-70. to 70. Okay. So I mean, it's I as well have UNC versus Michigan State, classic Roy Williams versus Tom Izzo matchup. Yep, great um, coaches. Obviously, UNC this would be their third straight national champion, uh, national championship appearance. Yep. But I think Miles Bridges is going to get the chance to play on the big stage. Yeah. Right before he gets to go to the NBA, and I just think he's going to put on a show in that championship game. Yeah. I have Michigan State winning seventy six to seventy one. Hey, pretty pretty close, uh, pretty close total uh, score yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Michigan State. The reason why I think that they're going to make the run, 
which is the same for Arizona. I think Arizona and Michigan State have individual talent. Exactly. That is going to be tough to stop if these guys are playing um, hot. I don't. I don't. Alonzo Trier uh, and, and DeAndre Iden is two players that I think can take over the game, and then Michigan State has Jaron Jackson and Miles Bridges. I mean, DeAndre Ayton is the sole reason I have Arizona making it to the Final Four because I don't think anybody can stop them. But once it comes down to the Final Four and they have to face North Carolina, I think North Carolina's too experienced to let a team like Arizona with so much youth and so much inexperience get get one over on them and North Carolina, I think, is just going to have their way with Arizona. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I think in that Final Four game, if Arizona and UNC were to meet, Roy Williams will say, let DeAndre Ayton do whatever he wants, lock down Trier and lock down everybody else, and we'll be fine. Yeah, well, no, I, and uh, I agree. I mean, I think UNC's just uh, got the full basketball team. They got exactly. everything they need uh, so they can beat some individual talent. Uh, and, you know – Looking at just a note, this Midwest this Midwest bracket is insanely tough. One of the toughest brackets I've ever seen. Uh, Kansas is the one seed. Duke's the two seed. Michigan State's the three seed, and Auburn's the four seed. You got three monster programs in your top three uh, seeds, and then Auburn was the number one seed in the SEC tournament this year. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's a really really tough bracket, and uh, it'll, that bra- that it'll bracket. be interesting to see who comes out of there. And if someone outside of the top, you got Trey Young as the 10 seed in there. Um, you got some interesting plays. Yeah, so I mean that that Midwest bracket reminds me of that blue blood bracket from a couple of years ago yeah. when you had North Carolina, Kentucky, UCLA, yeah. Yeah. all in the same yeah, that's, that's bracket. Tough. That's tough to play these programs. Now, we we covered the Final Four, but mm-hmm. the first two rounds are the best. The 64 and 32 are – I mean, 64 is obviously the, the favorite, but it's 64 and 32. Yeah, I mean, and those – it's the final four. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to March Madness and people creating their brackets, everybody loves talking about the upsets. So, I want to know what are some of your upsets – that you have in the first round of the tournament. You know, my two, my two big upsets are kind of boring just because they're uh they're not like small schools, but mm-hmm. they're they're low seeds. I got I got number 10 Oklahoma being Rhode Island. Uh I think Trey Young's going to it's tournament time. These yeah. kids grow up playing tournament basketball. Uh so I think Trey Young's going to have a big game and win that. And then also I think Texas uh, is going to beat Nevada as a, as a 10 seed. Um, Texas, they have another individual talent, Mo Bamba, that yep. I think is, is just too tough to stop. Texas could – I think Texas is a potential Sweet 16 team. So um, those are kind of my those are kind of my two. The other one I have is Providence. I think Providence was pretty uh, – they were, they were misseeded. I think they're the best 10 seed. Yeah. So um, I think they're going to they're gonna beat Texas A&M, even though Texas A&M is a good team. Uh, I like – I got three 10 seeds winning the first round. It's interesting because I as well have both number 10 Texas and number 10 Oklahoma winning their first round matchups, but I also have three other upsets. And now that I'm looking at it, uh, just the, just real quick, the fourth uh, 10 seed that I didn't pick to win is Butler, who, uh, who, could, who could easily, easily win Arkansas. So I could easily bet on all four 10 seeds winning. Yeah, yeah no, it wouldn't shock me. But the other couple other upsets that I have are number fourteen Wright State over number three Tennessee in the South. Wright State, okay, so you got you got a gem about Wright State. 
I just I got I got a feeling. I just you got a feeling. There's, Tennessee, or is it more? You got a feeling Tennessee is going to lose. I yeah. See, I think Tennessee is just going to do something in that game where they're just not going to come either ready to play or there's just going to be some sort of momentum shift where Wright State just takes over the game and Tennessee's not going to be able to climb back into it. Yeah. And also that just that three fourteen matchup always seems to it's it because you you feel like three. You feel like threes are like a guaranteed win, like a one seed or maybe even a two seed. Because for the most part, I don't even look at one and two matchups. No, I vote, no. I vote those, those, uh, those. You know, those are chalk. Those two, yeah, exactly. But three is is tough to judge because the fourteen seeds. Normally, you're gonna get a team that was good during the regular season and probably won their conference. Yeah, they're probably one of those automatic bids that won one of those mid-major conference and, championships and won their regular season though. Exactly, not, not one of the teams that stole a bid or whatever, exactly. Whatnot. Um, you know, Bucknell is a is a is another 14 seed. That's a that's a good pick. Yeah. Now another upset that I have, and this might be a little bit biased because I. Yeah. I played high school basketball with one of their players, but I have number eleven San Diego State over number six Houston in the West. Shout out my guy Max Montana had a clutch four point play in their conference championship game. Yeah, it they San Diego State won the Mountain West. They have incredible talent. I think they could potentially go on a run. They won the Mountain West. And they're yeah. Let it see. That, that is a good pick. Yeah. So I got. I'll have to see I, what Houston did in the American Conference. Yeah. So that game's in Wichita. So okay. San Diego State left today. Yeah. That's a, so I think they are going to make a run in this tournament. Okay. I think there's something special about them. Shout out my guy, Max Montana, former teammate of mine. And then, obviously, there's going to be a lot of bias in this, but. I think number 11, UCLA, is going to get the job done tonight against St. Bonaventure, and then they're going to get the job done in the round of 64 against number 6, Florida, in the East. Yeah, that could easily happen. Yeah, I could see UCLA winning two games. Oh, yeah, especially. I got my final upset. Um, This is a big one. I'm almost positive this one's going to happen, too. Okay. This one's one of those. Uh, now, I said one or two seeds are a lot. But now, for those, for those of you that haven't filled out your TSK show bracket challenge bracket, listen to what Tyler's about to say. This could help you win $25 Duke, in a Visa Duke's gift card. Duke's going to lose to Iona. As Duke's going to lose to Iona as, a, oh, as the two seed. And yeah, watch, watch Duke collapse. It's going to be good. They're leaning on some freshmen. Iona's going to come out and, and shake it up, and then Duke's going to fall. I've seen it happen before. I've seen it happen before. Shout out, all, shout out, shout out. C.J. McCollum and, and, and Lehigh, Lehigh, baby. 15 seed beating Duke. Also, shout out C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard for being third seed in the West right now. Yeah, they're, they're really putting they're really putting it together. Yeah, no, uh, got, there's a good there's a good amount of uh, good amount of upset uh, potential. Potential. I definitely see it in the 10 seeds, and then there's obviously some other spots there. Yeah. So I mean, we will keep everybody updated along the way as the tournament goes on, as we do a show each week up until the final four and the national championship game mm-hmm. as to how the TSK show bracket challenge is doing, who's in the lead, who's made some poor decisions. Um, so yeah, so make sure to get your brackets in by Thursday before tip off, have yeah. the chance to win a $25 visa gift card, big time money right there, courtesy of the TSK Hell show, yeah. hashtag TSK show bracket challenge. There it is. And now we will move on to the guys that get paid. 
the big ballers, the big dogs, the NBA. The good stuff. It is really on the last stretch, and it couldn't be more interesting. It could not be more inter- interesting. The West is crazy. And the West and the East are just, uh, yeah, crazy is the right word. But over the weekend, the Cleveland Cavaliers came to town. They lost both games to the Clippers and the Lakers by a combined 28 points. Yeah, tough trip to L.A. Hey, sometimes when people come to L.A., they just don't play well. You don't want LeBron to come, then that was a great way of showing him. <laughs> uh, so in their game against the Cavs, the Lakers played extremely well. Oh, man. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas had his revenge game, 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 9 assists. Kyle Kuzma has seemed to have broken through that rookie wall he seemed to have hit a couple of weeks ago. He had a double-double with 14 points and 10 rebounds. Brooke Lopez. Started at the three. Yeah, he started at the three because B.I.'s been out. Some good minutes for him. Yeah, Brooke Lopez, he's been playing well lately. 22. He loves the three, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Dude, I was so mad that we took last week off because you were on vacation and I got stuck at jury duty yeah. because he had zero rebounds as a seven-footer in a it, game. Yeah, That's it was inexcusable. Like, it was like the second most. Uh, no, it was the first time ever a seven-footer had 25 points plus and yeah. zero rebounds. Yeah, it was like this. It, it was – yeah, that's crazy. The other the other funny thing about uh, Brooke is they started Larry Nance at center, Cleveland did. Yeah. And he did, didn't take advantage <laughs> once. But, yeah, so, I mean – but, hey, Brooke's been playing well. The Lakers have been playing well. He had 22 points, eight rebounds. Yeah, he's, allow, he's allowing all those guys to get inside. I mean, he's yeah. allowed Randall to take his time underneath in the mid-range game and – He's allowing these guys to attack the rim. Yeah. KCP also had 20 points and six rebounds. But, like you just said, it was a career night for Julius Randle. He posted a career high, 36 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists, two blocks, and a steal. Those are those are the numbers that everyone's always hoped to see. Yeah. Exactly. He was 14 of 18 from the field and 8 of 10 from the free throw line. He's this. I mean, this was his breakout season of his career. This, oh, now for he's sure. starting to look like a top ten pick. Or he, he, now he's you know, if he keeps playing like this, now we're going to think of him as a steal at, at the seventh pick in the draft. Oh yeah. So, I mean, for um, for yeah, the season, he's going to be a twenty and ten guy eventually. Oh no, for sure. I mean, for the season, he's having a career year in terms of points per game. He's averaging fifteen and a half points per game, and since the All Star break. Randall is averaging 20.7 points per game, 9.8 rebounds per game. And so recently, there's been a lot of talk on Sports Talk Radio here in Los Angeles, as well as on social media, that Laker fans would rather the team not go after LeBron James and only go after Paul George and re-sign Randall. Yeah. So I'm going to pose this question to you. Yep. Do you think the Lakers should abandon the idea of trying to get both Paul George and LeBron James to be able to re-sign Julius Randle? Um, I definitely think they should abandon trying to get both. I mean, if they can get one, it's it's tough to pass up on one of those guys because these are franchise-type guys. Uh, but I definitely believe in Julius Randle, and I think he should get paid. And if we don't get anybody in free agency, I'm completely fine with that. And, and if we – I don't even think we need anyone in the future. You know, if we keep progressing our guys, um, we get some filling some holes, I think our team's ready to go. Yeah, I mean. I mean, yes, of course, like a Paul George would make our team better or Clay Thompson eventually, Kawhi Leonard yeah. even further in the future. But right now, the Lakers are looking good. They're, they got almost every position filled out. Yeah, and I mean, in my opinion, in an ideal world, 
this offseason, the Lakers will sign Paul George because I think it's more and more likely that he is going to leave Oklahoma City based off of the way they've been performing. And I don't think they're going to do as well in the playoffs as everybody thought they were going to do. So I think there's more of a chance Paul George will leave Oklahoma City. And now with Paul George leaving Oklahoma City and coming to the Lakers, hopefully we can re-sign Randall to a contract that he well deserves based off of his play. He's improved pretty much every year since he's been in the league. LeBron James coming to the West, in my opinion, doesn't make sense. Yeah, I I really don't think he's going to sign with the Lakers. It doesn't make sense to me because he'd have to play the Warriors four times a year before the playoffs because they're in the same division as the Lakers. They'd have to play the Rockets probably three, four times a year, the Blazers – Three, four times a year, they're in the same division mm-hmm. as the Lakers. It just, to me... And Le- then they'd have to go through them in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. LeBron is always about trying to win a championship. Yeah. And he's always tried to take the easiest route yeah. to winning a championship. And the easiest route right now is staying in the East. Yeah, it makes sense. He should stay in the East. I think the only team that even makes sense uh, for him to move to, and, and especially in the West, is Houston. If he's... That would be if the he, only team that would make sense. If he if he leaves Cleveland for any other team other than Houston, I don't really understand why he's leaving. Yeah. I think he has just as good a chance to win a championship as he does Cleveland anywhere else other than maybe Houston and Golden State. Yeah, 100%. He's not signing with Golden State. So uh, I think Houston, it's going to be Houston. He comes out there and he plays with Harden and uh, Chris Paul or he stays in Cleveland. Yeah, I think, I think ultimately he's going to – either stay in Cleveland or sign with somewhere in the East. Yeah. Maybe Philadelphia. Gosh, I just – it'd be – it's tough. I mean, this is NBA's first season playing, but uh, Ben Simmons' first season playing. It's, I know. It's tough to bet your legacy as a basketball exactly. player. Exactly. When you're up in the echelon like LeBron on a couple guys that haven't even gotten through a full season yet. Yeah, and it's just – it's. I don't, I don't think Philly's in it. Yeah. I just, I just don't understand how, the, how they could be in it. Yeah, it's just it's crazy to have seen this like shift in Laker fans of wanting the biggest and best free agent possible every summer to now Laker fans Go have have gone through this lull in success. Yeah. And finally come to terms with four straight lottery years. Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. It's crazy. It sucks. No, but look, that's how you build a franchise for the for the future. Exactly. Think about it. 17 wins, 26 wins. Now this year we're at 30 and counting. Yep. I predicted at the beginning of the season the Lakers were going to win about 35 35. games. They're 30 and 36 right now. 35 was the number when we we were talking before the season started, and I think that's exactly where they're at. So that's perfect. Yeah. uh, But, I mean, you're talking about a nine-game increase from last season. And then, even even if we strike out on free agents in the summer, I still think if we bring back the same exact team that we have this yeah. year, sign IT to a one-year, $17, $18 million deal, re-sign Julius to a four-year whatever deal we can give him, mm-hmm. and just fill out those roster spots and the continued growth of Kuzma, the continued growth of yeah, Lonzo. We're betting on progression. It's, We'd the same be, thing, it's the same thing Oklahoma City did to get to where they were at and they got to the final. Yeah, I think next year, if we if the Lakers were to strike out, 
they could still compete for the seventh, eighth seed in the West. Oh, yeah. But which would Lonzo, be a huge Lonzo Ball, improvement. Lonzo Ball is getting better and better every single game. Yeah. Brandon Ingram's getting better and better. Um, and then you, and then we got Julius Randle and Kuzma, and, you know, we got guys like Josh Hart um, and, and Zubak. They're going to be pieces. And then, you know, we could potentially sign Isaiah, KCP, Brooke Lopez. They're basically trying out for the team. For exactly. The and just think um, think about how well the Lakers have been playing during this stretch without Brandon Ingram, yeah. who's supposed to be their best player this season. Yeah, and we played w- and and we did well without Alonzo. It just shows that we're we got a full team. We've we've said it all year. They're one of the deepest teams. I, I love our bench. Yeah, they our have back one of the five and our, our starting five. You play each other, and it'd be close. Oh, for sure. Um, so that it, it's good that they have depth. It's just like the Warriors when you know. Warriors drafting Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and slowly progressing on Oklahoma City, going with Russell and KD and James Harden and Ibaka, and progressing them in their system. This is that's the blueprint that uh, LA is taking right now. For sure, and it's working out for us, and I think I think we're definitely going to be a playoff team next year, no doubt about it. Yeah, at even just based off of the progression that we've seen, I think. I mean, I th- I honestly believe that uh, that Randall now. Seems like he's going to be a guy flirting around twenty points per game, and I he really, could easily and, average and, twenty and ten. And Brandon Ingram's got to average over twenty a game next year, and so oh, I, I think yeah. if if those two make progressions in scoring, I, I I've always thought Lonzo is the real deal, someone that could be the best point guard in the game at some point. So those three guys right there, not even including Kuzma and you know the other role players, we're we're looking good. Yeah, so I mean it's. This offseason is one of the most important offseasons for the Lakers in their history. Almost. But they have, but they, they but have they all have, the power. Exactly. And that's yeah. – LeBron's and that's, not coming to the Lakers. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, I really don't think LeBron is coming to the Lakers. Did you did you see or hear about the billboards? Yeah, yeah. That billboards pissed, are great. That pissed me off so much. <laughs> Three billboards. No, no. No, I'm talking about the ones that were put up in L.A. There were yeah. four of them. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Just to one-up Philly. But that – I'm sorry. Don't – But, yeah, one up and up, it kind of ruined the thing because the thing is three billboards. Yeah, you know, well, the, the thing is three billboards. And two, it's just we're the Lakers. Like, it's just we don't need to be got money. We don't need to. to be putting up billboards to try and recruit people. No, and, and we really don't need – you know, LeBron obviously is kind of the guy that if he wants to play for you, you you let him play for you. But at exactly. the same time, we don't need that. Um, we're progressing fine. We've got superstar potential superstars on the team. Paul George would be great. Clay would be great. You know, Kawhi, Kawhi would, would be, be great. great. But at the same time, we're gonna be all right. And, and speaking of Kawhi, he apparently we all know that he was targeting that um, yeah. yep. mid-March return. Yep. And they were they were hopeful he was going to play on Thursday, but apparently he's not going to be playing. So I mean, it's going to be tough for S- San Antonio to get back into that playoff race. Yeah, Pop's, if Pop's going to be if Kawhi doesn't here. if Kawhi doesn't come back, I don't see them making the playoffs. Yeah, it's they're, gonna be it's going to be tough. I mean, they're, they're the, on the outside looking in. Right yeah, now. they're the ten seed right now. Yep. And two weeks ago, I want to say they were in the four spot. Yeah. No, it's. It's tough out west. You can't go on a skid like they're going on right now. They're two and eight in their last ten, lost three in a row. Yeah. You do that in the West right now, you could yeah, you could drop four or five positions. It's it's crazy. I mean, look at look at Portland. They're on a ten game win streak. They're the third seed in the West. Who would have thought that at the yeah. beginning of the season? I mean, all of a sudden they can have home court advantage, you know, uh 
in the first round, and that's that's how you win when you're when you're a team like Portland. Yeah, and you it's also court advantage. it's also looking more and more likely that Toronto is going to hold on to that one seed in the East. Yeah, I think Toronto's I think Toronto's already separated themselves from that. Boston's got four more losses than they do right now. So and there's uh, what fourteen games left. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. About that. Yeah, 16 games. Yeah, so 16 games t- left. T- Toronto is going to be uh, – I think Toronto is definitely going to lock up the number one spot. You think that's? You think that secures Dwayne Casey as coach of the year? Oh, God, it's always tough with coach of the year. I mean, D'Antoni's done a great job. D'Antoni's done a great job, but he won it last year. Yeah. Terry but, Stotts in yeah. Portland. Yeah, yeah, there's a – God, there's a lot of good – the Pelicans coach has done a yeah. really good job keeping that team afloat. Um, they're what the six seed right now, five seed, five seed. Yeah, they were up in the four seed. <laughs> the Pelicans, the like, West, hey, the Pelicans could have home court advantage in the playoffs without Boogie Cousins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Anthony Davis <laughs> said if they had Boogie Cousins, they'd beat the Warriors for the championship. I don't know about that. I don't know about that either. But <laughs> hey, he's confident. I like it. Ant Davis is on another planet. Right no, nah, I mean he's if he keeps it up, he could steal MVP from James Harden. Who's gonna win the tank race? So oh. far, so far playing the tank race, it looks like we got Orlando, Atlanta, Dallas, Sacramento, Phoenix, and Memphis. Well, I mean Dallas is trying to, but I think Memphis is. Gonna well, do Dallas it. got in trouble because Cuban had those comments and then ended up getting fined like six hundred k for it. Yeah, just stupid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it's gonna be interesting to see who gets these top picks because this draft is stacked. Oh yeah, and hey, with Cleveland's keeping on losing that just makes the pick better for the lakers yeah 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 exactly. <laughs> how crazy is that yeah no that's wild yeah so laker fans keep rooting for cleveland to lose yeah because that draft pick was when we first when the lakers first got it it was slated around the 24 yeah. i don't know where it's at now it's probably maybe even 18 19 20 yeah, that could be that could be good top 20 pick in the draft that's that's big time yeah i mean we did uh you got kuzma and josh hart and clarkson all past that yeah well yeah kuzma was 27 josh hart was and nance yeah hart was 30th clarkson was 46th yeah and nance, nance was also in the second round yeah exactly we got all we got all great play. that's what i mean now that we're drafting well um and we figured out what we're looking for we're we're golden anyway that wraps it up for the NBA talk and in honor of March Madness. I mean, if you couldn't tell TSK show, we here at the TSK show love to do lists and rankings and yeah. everything to close out the show. Cause that's what people want to talk about. Yeah. It's, it's, it's probably the easiest way to have a debate in sports and yeah. sports talk radio and things of that nature is yeah. doing lists and rankings. Yeah. You, yeah. You want to do this kind of stuff or you just want to take two different sides on stuff. Yeah. So, in honor of March Madness, Tyler and I have come up with a list of our top ten favorite college basketball players of that we've seen time. growing up of all time, basically. Yeah, of all time, we gotta start. We gotta start from. The, we gotta start from the bottom to the top. Oh, for sure. All right, I'm gonna kick it off. I'm gonna kick it off because uh, you'll notice that I'm definitely a UNC favorite. Um, so I'm gonna kick it off with the Tar Heel, and this guy was a multi-sport athlete, and this is why he's one of my favorite college players ever, and that's Julius Peppers. Oh. Yes, the Julius Peppers, that's the sack artist in the NFL for the last 13 years. 
Um, he played for UNC in the dark ages. Um, yep. When we had uh, um, Guthridge and Matt Doherty. Uh, so he played kind of when the program was suffering uh, the transition between Dean Smith and Roy Williams. Um, but he was a monster. In 2001, he, star- he even started three games for them. <laughs> uh, he averaged seven points and five rebounds a game. Shot 40, 64% from the field. Wow. So just, I mean, probably a lot of dunks in there. Six, seven, six, eight, just a beast on the block. Uh, Julius Peppers, that was, that was really cool to watch because all those people could talk about was this guy plays football. Yeah. And I had no idea that, you know, watching him then, I had no idea he'd become. Yeah. Look at who he turned into. One of the greatest defensive football players ever. Yeah. So then my number 10 is also a Tar Heel. There we go. Uh, And I'm actually 110% certain that this guy is on your list as well, yeah. but he's probably much higher. But it's Psycho T, Tyler Hansbro. Psycho T, man. He's the GOAT. Watching him play in college was some of the most exciting, riveting, and cutthroat basketball I've ever seen. Yep. So, perfect, I mean... Perfect player for the coach at the time. Oh, 100%. Great career. So, yeah. So, Tyler Hansbro is my number 10. Yep. We got a 9. At 9... I got. This is when it gets fun. This is this is someone who we've been talking about somewhat actually, kind of recently right. on the on the show. Yeah. But it's Emeka Okafor. Yeah. From the UConn. Yeah, that was a great UConn team. I remember that being... 2004 team with him, Ben Gordon. Uh, who else was on that? Well, they team? had like Rudy Gay, Charlie Ville in the way. Yeah. That uh, that team. Josh was, Boone. Uh, that they, team was just so much fun to watch, and yeah. um, like growing up, like. Growing up playing the post, you obviously watch, like, all the post players. If you grow up as a guard, you watch all the guards. So, me, growing up, I was always played in the post because I was a bigger kid, and then I just stopped growing. But I just always loved how Emeka Okafor played and dominated the paint. Yeah, I I was a big Emeka Okafor fan. He actually made, like, the list, and I was just spitballing a bunch of people. (laughs) Um, and I, cause I can remember when Orlando took Dwight Howard and I was just like, these guys are fucking idiots. Like yeah. they're taking this high school with braces over a Mecca <laughs> who had just dominated the tournament and, and they led bo- UConn to a national championship. And they were both big guys. And I was just like, how, why, you know, and just, but look at how it turned I mean, out. Yeah. I, I ended up eating my words, but yeah, Mecca Okafor, that's a, that's a great one. The UConn great. Oh yeah. Uh, coming in at number nine, uh, this guy ended up being a really good NBA player, but in college he was just. One of my all-time favorite teams to watch outside of North Carolina was Illinois' guard, Darren Williams. Ooh, that's uh, a great for, one. Yeah, he played from 03 to 05, played with Luther Head and D. Brown and James Augustine and all yep. those guys. Um, that was a great fighting Illini team. Yep, the, his junior year, they, that was the year um, they made the huge run, undefeated yeah. run. And, yep. Um, ended up losing to North Carolina in the Final Four that year, um, and North Carolina ended up winning the championship. But uh, – yeah, Darren Williams and the Fighting Lion. I think they went thirty and two that year. There you go. So who you got at number eight? Number eight, I got this. Uh, I got uh, one. One of my uh, what? Two or three Seattle guys. Okay. Uh, I got Brandon Roy. The, there, the right. goat. Great one. Uh, played four years at at UW. A lot of my guys played multiple years. Um, Darren Williams played three. Brandon Roy played four seasons there. 103 games played, averaged 14 points, five rebounds, and three assists for his career. His senior year, he averaged 20 a game, was Pac-10 Player of the Year. Um, but Brandon Roy played on my favorite UW teams with Nate Robb and Benoit Overton and John Brockman and some of these these guys, Bobby Jones. 
Um, but yeah, Brandon Roy, number eight. He's a stud. Yeah. So my number eight is currently in the NBA. There we go. He currently plays for the Lakers. You want to take a guess who it is? Plays for the Lakers. Is it, oh, God. I, I hope it's not Luol Dang. No, it's not Luol Dang. <laughs> All right, who we got? We got the one and only Lonzo Ball, baby. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. He was on my list, but I couldn't put him in. Oh, no, I had to put him in. Yeah. Had to put him in. One and Duns. One and Duns are tough. I was I was picky with my one and Duns. Setting the record for assists as a freshman, though, and yeah. watch, watching him play at UCLA last season just – he was insane. Man. Yeah, I mean the way he it, shot the shot the ball was crazy. Yeah, the and then when he hit that game winner against Oregon, the step back. Yeah, the step back, and it was yeah. like four or five feet behind the line. Yeah, that's that's the that's the shot where I was just like, this guy is big time. Yeah, I, I remember watching yeah. that. It's really it's really unfortunate that UCLA couldn't have made a deeper run last season, but I mean I just love watching the way Lonzo plays because he plays the game the right way like he hasn't really like a lot of players in college and in the nba today they've really bought into this aau way of playing yeah, the game yeah. he plays yeah, the game the right team, way team first guy yeah. trying to make other people better exactly he's not one for individual assists he's all yeah. about the team yeah and i just i love he's a hometown kid i just yeah. love watching no, lonzo ball play no just like brandon, brandon roy seattle kid played at the university of washington um, it's 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 fun to watch those kids because you you know you see their whole process. So exactly, it's fun to see that when they get on top, excel. You yeah. Know? So what 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 do you got at seven? At seven, I got another local guy. He's I can't believe I put somebody from USC on my list, but I did because he was so much fun to watch. Not just in college, but I got the privilege to watch him in high school as well. Because yep. his high school is about ten minutes from my house and the pros. Yeah, and the pros. Played for the Lakers. Yep. Swaggy P, Nick Young, baby. Yep. He made the trio, the the, the high school pro in college. Yep. He played at, played at Taft High School in Woodland Hills. Then he went to USC. Eventually made it made his way to the Lakers. Yep. I mean, watching him play in high school and then seeing what he did in college was incredible. And seeing him live go up against Jordan Farmar in the Taft gym and in, in the yeah. Cleveland gym. Yeah, like it. It was really special. To no, watch. those are those are the great college players. Is when you see them. You know, they develop their game. And, and Nick Young was what in college three years. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, those guys are just always always your favorites. Um, coming at number seven, I got an, another Pac-10 player, and that's the Pac-10. Yeah, uh, is Arizona guard Salim Stoudemire. Ooh, I uh, like that one. I haven't yeah, heard that name in a while. Played four years at Arizona. Um, uh, from o two to o five you know that's kind of the era where I really you know probably my favorite era of college basketball uh younger brother to the to this n b a star Damon Sotomayor. yeah um lefty shooting guard was just had unlimited range scoring potential, played with a bunch of stars, but it was definitely his team i mean he played with uh future n b a players like Channing Fry, Andre Iguodala, and Luke Walton. Also, college stars like Hassan Adams and Mustafa Shakir. Ooh. I mean, those those Arizona teams were nasty. Yeah, those those were the and he played for the the great Lute Olson. Yep. Um, but Salim Sotomayor, I remember wearing the big ass T shirt and just lefty <laughs> shooting guard, just crushing it. So yeah, I got I got Salim at number seven. All right, 
Who you got uh, at six? Number six, I got – this is my first favorite UNC player ever. This is this guy's like when I first saw North Carolina, this, he was on the team, and uh, that's Anton Jameson. Great uh, choice. Yeah. Um, he, played with, he played with Vince Carter, but at the time, I just whatever – for whatever reason, when I was that age, I just loved Jameson. Um, he averaged 22 and 10 his junior year before leaving for the draft. Uh, he, he and then I actually had a personal story. We went to go watch him his rookie year when he played for Golden State. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I saw him play Portland, and that was really cool. So, um, yeah, Jameson, uh, number six. Yeah, so my my, my first favorite Tar Heel. My number six. This guy's just an overall badass, and he led his team to one of the craziest runs ever. Yeah. Michael Beasley from Kansas State. Oh, yeah. He averaged, it was like 23 or 26 points per game. He had, 26 and 12. Yeah, 26 and 12. Big Big 12 player of the year. He was just an absolute man amongst boys yeah. when he was playing in college. Yeah. And he was just, he was so much fun to watch. Yeah. He liked to talk shit. He would back it up. And it's very interesting to have seen his trajectory in the NBA. He was the number two overall pick. And now he's he says he's Carmelo from the left side. <laughs> <laughs> I, everybody loves super cool beats. I, I you have a number six. I yeah, actually, I have him at number I six. I actually have him at number four. Okay. So, but yeah, Michael Beasley. Love Michael Beasley. Yeah, scoring so machine. We, I mean, twenty six and twelve is a one and done. Just he was a phenomenal rebounder. He played for Kansas City, who's nobody. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to number five. Who do you got? The one and only John Wall. John. John Wall, Wall. was uh, everyone was hyped about him. So was he the fir- that first year of Galipari at Kentucky? No, yeah, or uh, first or second year for yeah. Calipari. But I just remember being in high school, and when Teach Me How to Dougie came out, and yeah. he would be in the middle of the Dougie circle for Kentucky. I remember at our games, we used to do a Dougie circle, and we would have one of our teammates get in there. Yep. They did the John Wall dance where they would flex and turn the wrist out, yep. do the Dougie, everything. He just had such an impact on basketball as a culture, yeah. especially in college. One and of his, the fastest players. Oh, the f- I, I watched him play live this season when I went to D.C. He is the fastest player I have ever seen with a basketball yeah, to get from one end of the court to the other. Yeah, he's a freak. So, I mean, John Wall, my number five favorite yeah. bas- college basketball player of all time. That's a good one. Uh, I got another another hyped-up uh, uh, recruit. Uh, this is another North Carolina guy. Played two seasons for North Carolina. That's Harrison Barnes. I was just listening to uh, the Road Tripping podcast that uh, Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry do, and they yeah. had Harrison Barnes on it. Yeah, yeah, hey, he's the man. He So, my favorite thing, my favorite little like factoid about Harrison Barnes is he's the first freshman ever to be named preseason All American. So he coming out of high school, they named him an All All American before ever playing a game in college. That's how big of a recruit he was. Uh, he went sixty one and fourteen as a Tar Heel. <laughs> Unfortunately, never that's won. A, that's insane. Yeah, never won. Never won. Uh, never won a national championship. His sophomore season, the year before he left, they suffered a lot of injuries. Um, Kendall Marshall went down. Uh, they had another uh, Leslie McDonald go down, and yep. Tyler Zeller also went down. Yep. Um, so they were they were they were on their third string point guard at that at that time in the Sweet Sixteen, where it ended up being upset. But Harrison Barnes, still one of my all time favorite uh, North Carolina guys, coming in at number five. Yeah, he was just a beast in college. Yeah. And then number four was super cool bees. There you go. The man. 
my number four is Carmelo Anthony, Syracuse. I think that's a lot of people's one of their favorites. I couldn't put him on my list. It was just too tough to pick one and done. And Michael Beasley is like the yeah. king of one. Michael Beasley is my all-time favorite one and done. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I just – watching that Syracuse run with him, Jim Beheim, it was just so much fun to watch, especially that tournament. Yeah. Um, he has obviously turned into the top 20 scoring leader in the in the NBA in NBA history. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. just watching Carmelo be a champion at basically every level. That that it, that team was as really easy to admire. I mean, they were yeah. they were a low seed, made a run to get into the tournament, and then ended up running the tournament. Yeah. Akeem Warwick, McNamara. Yeah, Jerry McNamara. Yeah. Ooh. And, yeah, all those guys. That was great. Um, so who who you got? Number three. This is a weird one. This is one probably most people will. I don't even know if people know who this guy is. But uh, Stephen Gray for Gonzaga. He played four years at Gonzaga. Uh, he, I have he, no he, idea who this guy yeah, is. Yeah, you see, okay, <laughs> you don't even know who he is. Uh, Stephen Gray, the reason why he's my favorite, well, obviously he, start, he started, he was a starter for Gonzaga for four years in a row. Which, if you don't know, I'm from Washington State, and Gonzaga's from Spokane, Washington, so pay attention to them closely. But the reason why he's one of my all-time favorites is I played him in middle school a couple times. Oh, okay. He grew up in a, in a really small area in Washington called Chimicum. And when we first played him, like, this is this is a weird story, but, like, we, we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. He had long hair? Yeah, he had long hair. Oh, and he man. was torching everybody. <laughs> I mean, way better than everybody on the court. And But people were just like, we, we all, I remember being as a kid, I just did not know. Like we did not know. Who oh this my goodness, was. that's so funny. And he ended up being Stephen Gray, and uh, he he was offered. He played at Chimicum, which is a tiny, tiny high school. His first two years before transferring to a bigger high school for his. Where did he transfer to? Uh, it's a high school called Bainbridge Island. Um, but he was offered a scholarship to Gonzaga after his sophomore season. Oh wow! Um, so, Mark yeah. Few was on him early. Yeah, it, yeah, he knew. I mean, he's a six-four shooting guard, silky smooth game. Um, he's the kind of guy that just has quiet, like eighteen, twenty-point games. But Stephen Gray, one of my all-time favorites. Okay, uh, coming in at number three. All right, so my number three is also a Pacific Northwest kid. There we go. But he played right here in sunny Los Angeles, California. There we go. Mr. Kevin Love. Kevin Love, yeah, Pacific Northwest all day. One of the most dominant bigs I've ever seen in college basketball. Yeah, he he was a freak when he was – I mean, he's a freak now, but he was a freak when he was young. Oh, yeah, even High when he was younger. High school college, yeah. he was a stud. You got a bunch of one-and-dones in here. Yeah, I do. Well, but You, you kind of watched more of the one-and-done era than yeah, I Yeah, exactly. But my favorite thing about Kevin Love and my favorite aspect of his game – is that outlet pass? Yeah, and oh, that yeah. and that outlet pass was made famous at UCLA, yeah. and it was it was just so much fun to watch to see when he was gonna just pass it in regular, or yeah. if he was gonna see somebody going long. I remember, and just I remember, chuck it. like there was always like those kind of like gym legends that you'd hear in the gym, people saying, you know, he trained by like doing fingertip pushups all the time, and he yeah. could chest pass the length of the court when he was like he can he can shoot twelve, a, he can know, shoot like, a always, full length shot yeah. just like flick it yeah so no kevin loves great that's 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 a good shout out yeah 
who you got at number two? Number two is actually, and I said super cool B. I, I had two one and dones, and I said super cool B is my favorite, but this guy's actually my favorite. <laughs> but he's a Tar Heel, so I don't really group him in with the other guys. Fair. Um, but my number two all-time favorite college basketball player is Marvin Williams out of Bremerton, Washington. Great college basketball player. One and done. 2005 national title, came in, played every game, came off the bench, averaged 11 points in six boards a game, shot 50% from the field. Uh, comes from uh, Bremerton, is like a town on the water right next to a military base, and right next to a Navy base. Um, I always admired him because his high school was in my high school's league, so I, you know, I got to see him. Yeah. And he was a big-time recruit, and I, um, and I loved North Carolina growing up. So oh, yeah. He came in, and I knew he was a North Carolina crew. That's the first time I'd ever seen a North Carolina player like up close and personal like that. Um, and he also never left Bremerton High School, which is Bremerton High School isn't like you know anything. Yeah, like, it's not fancy. Like he didn't go to one of these dominant programs. Yeah, like Garfield, uh, Rainer Beach. Yeah, he didn't go to Rainer Beach or nothing. So I always thought that was cool. But Marvin Williams, much respect. Okay. Number two all time. All right, my number two all time. My my top three are all UCLA, by the way. So. We had Kevin Love at three. Yep. My number two, Russell Westbrook. Yep, that was a good one. When Russell Westbrook came out and declared for the NBA draft, I was so mad. Yeah. Because I was like, no, this guy is not ready. Yeah. He will not do anything special in the league if he leaves now. He needs another year of development. Yeah. No, he was raw. Every I think people, when Seattle picked him, uh, I yeah. think people were like, whoa, this is high. Uh, he, he, definitely he was got the drafted. fourth overall pick. Yeah, he definitely got drafted higher than people thought. And, and he went cause, because people saw, like, Collison as a better player. Exactly. People saw Darren Collison as a better point guard yeah, than Russell yeah, Westbrook. Yeah. And, I mean, UCLA had just come off back-to-back years of losing to Florida in the Final Four in the National Championship. Yeah. And <laughs> I, was, I was just like, they need to make one more run, like, they, they, Russell needs to come back so we can yeah. make one more run and yeah. try and finally get this national championship. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, the only time UCLA has won a national championship in my lifetime was 95. Yeah, that was long. And that's a, was a that? year. Ed, Ed O'Bannon? Yeah, Ed O'Bannon. Uh, Steve Lavin was on uh, the coaching staff. Steve Lavin. That's yeah. Um, new CSUN head coach, uh, Mark Gottfried, was on that staff too. So go. shout out him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Russell Westbrook, I just loved watching him play in college. He played with so much drive, just the same way he does in the NBA now. Yeah. But I just – when he declared for the draft, I was like, he's not ready. This is not going to end well. He's going to regret this, and he'll flame out of the league in a couple years. Yeah. And you people, see – I think people just saw him as an athlete. They didn't see a basketball player. Exactly. Yet. So, yeah, so Russell Westbrook's my number two. Last but not least, who you got at number one? Uh, number one is my guy. Oh God, it's I, I could go on and on about this guy. It, it, he accomplished so much in his time in North Carolina. We already talked about him. Psycho T, Tyler Hansborough. Um, yeah, hands down. No, it's not even close. He's my favorite. Um, four years at North Carolina, all ACC all-time leading scorer, above JJ Redick. Uh, you know, beat JJ Redick's uh, all-time leading scorer. Uh, junior year, he won National Player of the Year. He won the Wooden Award and two other National Player of the Year awards. Senior year, he wins the national title. So he's got great a, way to go out. I mean, he's got a Player of the Year award. He's got uh, he's got a national title. ACC's all-time leading scorer, uh, four-time All-American, two-time first-team All-American. Um, but my favorite, all-time favorite, Tyler Hansborough story. 
um, was his freshman year. Uh, it was it was a turnover year for North Carolina. They just won the national title the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Hansborough was a freshman with uh, Bobby Fraser and Wayne Ellington. Yep. Um, but the last game, as most college basketball fans know, the last game of the year is Duke North Carolina, their last ACC game yep. before the postseason. So um, th- this this year they played at Duke. So the last game of the season is at Duke. Tyler Hansborough is a freshman. He's walking into the senior night, and it's none other than DJJ Redick. Um, yeah. Senior night, last game, last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Um, JJ Redick had been a nightmare for four years. I, when when JJ was at Duke, he was literally my least favorite human <laughs> ever. Um, I hated JJ Redick. I actually don't mind him now, which is crazy. But I hated JJ more than anybody. Um, and Tyler went in there as a freshman to beat JJ. Um, JJ had to take an L. To a team of freshmen, his last game in Cameron Indoor. Um, what could be better than that? And it, it, yeah, so I mean, Tyler, as far as that goes, he, he starts out with that kind of stuff, um, and then he he gets every single accolade you could possibly get. Yeah, I mean, he's he is one of the best college basketball players ever. Yeah, he's got a Tim Tebow type of award. I mean, he literally did everything yeah, he can do. Exactly. Uh, Twenty points a game for a career over four years is. In a, in a conference that was so competitive at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ACC all-time leading scorer, that's right up there with it, with, Just with think any about, scoring record you can think of. Think about all the players that have played in the ACC, and he yeah. outscored them all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And he played for the same school and as I Michael mean, Jordan. And, and, yeah, and I mean, J.J. Redick, people think of him as dominating college basketball for four years. Yeah. And that senior year, he averaged 30 a game. But uh, – <laughs> But Tyler Hansborough, more points scored than J.J. Yeah. So my number one is another Valley guy. He also played for the Lakers. Okay. He was also Nick Young's teammate at one time. Oh, yeah. I know who you're going to say. Jordan Farmar. Yeah. UCLA. That's a dope one. So. I love Jordan Farmar at UCLA. I have a personal connection to Jordan as well. His family belonged to the same temple that my family belonged to. Yep. And his sister is my age. We went to Hebrew school together for like five, six years. And I want to say it was probably Jordan's sophomore year at UCLA. Mm-hmm. And he like came to pick up his sister from Hebrew school. And like we had a basketball hoop like at the temple for like us to play like on our break, our yeah. break from like yeah. our religious school class and everything. Yeah. And he played me one on one. And like I, I went up to him, I was like, "Hey, like let's play one on one," and he, he was like, "All right." So we we played. He let me have the ball first, score the first score the first basket, and I j- I'll never forget. I tried to drive to the hole yeah. on the second time. Yeah. He just blocked the shit out of me. Yeah. Then just, went went on went on to beat me eleven to one. <laughs> that was nice of him. <laughs> As a sophomore at UCLA, we played at our temples basketball court and he beat me 11 to 1 yeah farmar is cool because he's he's part of the kobe lakers yeah he was part of kobe lakers i mean he lived out he lived out every san fernando valley los angeles kids dream yeah yeah played for ucla played for ucla played for the lakers yeah and he and he was on some of those taft teams that were just absolutely incredible like they won section titles uh i'm pretty sure they even won a state title yeah 
Um, so that's that Brandon Roy accomplishment. Yeah. It's so I mean, Jordan Farmer, and especially like being Jewish, he's half Israeli, half black. Yeah. He was one of the. I'm pretty sure he was the first, um, is like Israeli born player yeah. he wasn't born in israel he was born here but his dad uh his dad is israeli yeah but he was like the first israeli born player drafted in the nba yeah so i he he's just someone i've always looked up to as a basketball player from the san fernando valley in los angeles yeah so jordan farmer is my number one favorite college basketball player of all time yeah I got I got one honorable mention. One honorable mention. Who you just, got? Just because I didn't see him play, but this is a this is an argument that a lot of people have, uh, and that I just feel like it's just the argument is just wrong in so many different ways. Uh, I I've got to shout out Pistol Pete Maravich. Oh. Uh, I think he Pistol Pete Maravich is hands down the greatest college player ever. Nope. People talk about you know uh, Kareem Bill Lou Walton. Alcindor. Uh, yeah, Kareem, yeah. Bill Walton, um, Christian Lehner, yeah. But no, the, no way. Uh, Pete Maravich averaged 44 a game for a career with no three-point line. Uh, rumor has it that his coach went back and, and looked over his film, and if there was a three-point line, he averaged uh, uh, 13 threes a game. Oh, my goodness. Which would put him at 57 threes, uh, 57 points a game for a career. Um, just, just completely dominated. He wasn't really recruited because he was yeah. an undersized guy, but went to LSU and averaged 44 a game for a career. Got a shout out Pistol Pete. Yeah, no, Pistol Pete's the man. But, I mean, in my opinion, I think Lou Alcindor, Kareem yeah. Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest college basketball player ever. Yeah. I mean, they changed the dunk rule because of him. They yeah. outlawed the dunk because yeah. of him. Yeah, well, I mean, rules held P- Pistol Pete back as well. I mean, hey, they held back a lot of people back yeah, in the day. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I think I just I think it's a discussion that a lot of people have. They don't put Pete in the oh for sure discussion, and he should be in the discussion. Yeah. So uh, before we get out of here, you got any shout outs? Shout out Richard Sherman. I mean, okay, it's sad to see him go, but shout out Richard Sherman, one of the all time great Seahawks, was the face, the attitude, the identity of the Seahawks in this Pete Carroll age so far. Um, so I only I only wish him the best, and I hope to see him dominate. Other than two weeks out of the two games out of the season. All right. So yeah, shout out shout out Richard Sherman brought a Super Bowl to Seattle. Yeah, and then I got two quick shout outs before we get out of here. Uh, I want to shout out the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, starting this season, when parents buy a regular priced upper deck seat for a home game, they will have the option to add two free kids. Kids tickets for children that are nine years old or younger. So I think that's a great way for baseball to try and appeal to the younger kids and the younger generation to try and get them more involved with baseball and get the popularity of baseball back up. Especially in the upper deck where they're not really making money. Exactly. On the tickets, they're making money on concessions and memorabilia and and shit like that. So you're not losing – you know, those – what are those, like $4 tickets, $10 tickets? I think think they were, like, between, like, 15 and 20 bucks. Yeah, so even at that, you're just – you're not losing anything. Yeah, but I just think think that's a great promotion, and I hope other teams start doing something similar to that. Yeah, that's sick. That's cool. They're also – I think they're also going to be building, like, this, like, kids center at the ballpark um, that yeah. I heard heard they were going to do to try and get more kids to come to the ballpark and enjoy a baseball game. Yeah, it's getting, it's becoming an old old sport. Yeah. So, and then my second shout out is to my alma mater, Cal State Northridge, yeah, women well. women's basketball team. They won the Big West Conference. 
They made the NCAA tournament. They are the num- They went dancing. They are the number sixteen seed. Oh boy! They're taking on number one seed Notre Dame in the first round of the women's uh, tournament. Uh, I just want to quickly shout out a good friend of mine. He's a classmate of mine here at CSUN, Eric Kaback. He is the play-by-play announcer for the radio for the women's team. So he had an incredible call for the championship game. It was a lot of fun to listen to. So shout out to the CSUN women's basketball team. Good luck against Notre Dame. Hopefully we can pull off a 16 over a one seed upset in the first round of the women's tournament. But that's it for this week on the TSK Show. Don't forget to go to ESPN Tournament Challenge and sign up for the TSK Show Bracket Challenge. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. I'm glad, glad you're getting in on the action. <laughs> uh, the winner will receive a $25 Visa gift card. You can also sign up for the Bracket Challenge by going to our link on our Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword the Sports Kingdom show in the search bar. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. Peace.